metal detector, please, one at a time. Last night, I stood outside the Majestic Theater on 44th Street in New York City, where Broadway's longest-running show was being performed. You can hear the applause from out here. The show, The Phantom of the Opera. After 35 years on Broadway, it will come to an end Sunday. And as the audience members left the theater, I asked them why they love the show. There was Connie Markham from Oregon. Just I'm obsessed with it. I've seen it so many times, like 50 times. Everywhere from Canada to New York to Portland, Oregon to Canada. Alex Salerno from Michigan. What does it mean to you that it's closing? It's heartbreaking, but I know it'll come back someday. I'm hoping it's a publicity stunt, but I'm sure it's not. And Aaron Grimm from Alabama. I'm a major Phantom fan. I actually saw a show in Birmingham, Alabama several years ago, but my dream was to always come here. Did the show meet your expectations? Totally exceeded my expectations. It was amazing. And how did it feel when the final curtain came down? Like I didn't want it to be over. (laughs) Phantom of the Opera has sold more than 20 million tickets and grossed about $1.3 billion. It is one of Broadway's biggest hits ever. And now, it's taking its final bow. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, April 14th. Coming up on the show, curtains close on Phantom, Broadway's longest-running show. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. Every night before Phantom of the Opera begins, the grand, majestic theater is a hive of activity. The stage is busy with carpenters, electricians, and other crew members. Beneath them, in the orchestra pit, an oboe player warms up. Our producer, Rachel Humphreys, spoke to one of the longest-serving crew members. Could you please introduce yourself and and say your name and, and what it is that you do here? My name is Alan Lampell, and I'm the head electrician on Phantom of the Opera, and I've been here since the opening of the show. How many shows have you seen? Well, it's approximately 13,000. I've had a few orthopedic surgeries that have kept me out uh, here and there, so... Everyone's allowed a day off, Alan. Uh, I would say, uh, well, certainly in 35 years. And very few people stay in a job at all as long as you have. What has kept you here? 
Oh, it's just my love for live theater. This is like the best show to be sitting and having to watch all this, all this while. Phantom of the Opera was created by the English composer Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber was really the guy who was making these big spectacle shows that captured the public's imagination. That's our colleague Charles Passy, a reporter for MarketWatch who's written about Broadway for years. So Andrew Lloyd Webber, he had come to Phantom already with a bunch of hits. Jesus Christ Superstar, Evita, Cats. So he had really had a sterling reputation and a commercially successful reputation. And it felt like this was going to be the show that really put him over the top. And I would say it did. The show is based on a French book published in 1910. It tells the story of a beautiful young soprano named Christine who lands a lead role at the Paris Opera. She becomes the obsession of a disfigured composer, the Phantom, who lives in the labyrinths beneath the opera house. Why did Andrew Lloyd Webber want to bring Phantom to the stage? I think he just knew a good story when he saw it. I mean, it you know, it has all these kind of elements of great theater. It's a love triangle. It is a theatrical story in itself. It's set in an opera house. You know, I think he started to see that there were great solo moments for some of the lead characters and then just great, great visual spectacle. The show made a musical out of opera, and audiences loved it. It was a hit in London, and when Phantom came to New York in 1988, it generated a huge buzz. It pulled in $18 million in advance ticket sales. ABC News covered the hype around the opening. There's no question, Phantom of the Opera, which opens officially next week on Broadway, is the entertainment event of the year. If you want premium seats, you should plan months and months ahead because the sale is so huge that the U.S. will have elected a new president before a lot of today's ticket buyers actually see the show that they they have tickets for. It was the Hamilton of its time. I mean, it was the hottest ticket on Broadway. And, uh, you know, it didn't get necessarily universal rave reviews from the critics, but there was just so much buzz. It was one of those things where you knew if you were a Broadway fan, you knew you were going to see it. If not sooner, eventually you were going to see it. A big draw for Broadway fans was Phantom's music, which Andrew Lloyd Webber composed. I asked Charles for his favorite song. There's no question, music of the night. I mean, it's just one of the most, it's the Phantom soliloquy, and it is one of the most beautiful songs you'll ever hear on Broadway. How does it go? Can you sing it? No, don't do that to me. Oh. Uh, listen to the music of the night. And listen to the music of the night. You know, I'm a failed opera singer, so I should do a better job. So that's the music. But another thing that Phantom's really known for is its kind of special effects, this visual spectacle of the show. Can you talk to us about that? There is apparently an underground waterway in the Paris Opera. This is set in the Paris Opera. They created an underground waterway on Broadway. I couldn't tell you how they did it, but, you know, that was yet another special effect. One man who knows how they did it is Alan, the show's electrician. That's because he oversees a key effect in these parts of the show, the fog. 
And can you just tell me, how do you create fog on the stage? Well, we're using six dry ice fog machines. And we pump the hot water over the dry ice, and it produces this wonderfully rich fog that we then blow up onto the stage. Has that ever gone wrong? Oh, let's put it this way. The fog is very live and is not the same every night, and it's not perfect every night. But the most famous effect happens just before the intermission, when an enormous chandelier crashes onto the stage. The chandelier should have won a Tony Award. I mean, that was it. I mean, they created this incredible effect of a chandelier falling. I mean, you know, it's a very scary almost effect. I mean, there's so much visual richness to this show that it actually begs repeated viewings. And of course, there are people who see Phantom again and again and again. So it was a hit. It was definitely a hit. I mean, there was no question about it. I mean, whether it was going to be a multi-decade hit was something else. I don't know if anybody could have predicted that, but it was definitely a hit. But what makes a hit on Broadway in 2023 isn't the same as in 1988. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Phantom's second act opens with the masquerade ball. In this scene, dozens of mask performers belt out the song Masquerade, and they sashay around the stage as cymbals smash and the 27-piece orchestra swells. Charles says this big sound is from a bygone era. What's interesting about Broadway is as time has gone on, Broadway orchestras have just gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. So what used to be more than 20 pieces can now be six to eight pieces. So Phantom was a classic example of a big, full-sounding orchestra. And guess what? Even as Broadway has trimmed its orchestras down, Phantom is still Phantom with that big, meaty orchestra that just sounds gorgeous. Phantom's orchestration and special effects 
have helped make the Broadway show almost as big a draw for New York visitors as Yankee Stadium or the Empire State Building. It became a thing to see when you came to visit New York. So tourists absolutely gravitated to this show, and it really is what sustained it. What was even more interesting to me is it was not just domestic tourists, it was foreign tourists who arguably couldn't understand what people were saying or singing, but it didn't matter. The show just translates so well and so powerfully that they enjoyed it. How many other Broadway shows have had this kind of staying power? Not many. I mean, that's the whole thing. So we, you know, right now, if you look at it, you've got two that have had that staying power, The Lion King and Wicked. And it's possible one of them may overtake Phantom one day. That remains to be seen. But, you know, last year's winner for Best Musical, the won the Tony Award, A Strange Loop, closed. I mean, you can't see it anymore. And it was last year's Tony winner, and we're coming up to this year's Tony Awards. So that shows you how precarious the business is. Why is the show ending? Since Broadway reopened after the pandemic, it has been challenging to get audiences. Everything on Broadway costs more since the pandemic. So, you know, I think the math must have gotten hard for Phantom as it's gotten hard for virtually every show on Broadway. Since Phantom announced it was closing last fall, audiences have been flocking to the show. Its weekly ticket sales have surged from less than a million before the announcement to 3.6 million last week. What does it mean when a show like Phantom closes? Well, it means that I think, first of all, it's the end of an era. I mean, it's the end of a certain kind of musical uh, with, as I say, that big orchestra, that big cast, and that sense of we're just going to go for it all. But like you said, all good things have to come to an end, and it maybe creates opportunities for others. I mean, the great thing about Broadway is that when a show closes, another one is willing to go in. And it's remarkable about Broadway, even though financially, it's so tough to make money. I mean, you know, four out of five shows, roughly speaking, do not recoup their their investment. I can't tell you how many shows are lined up. I mean, people, people in the industry refer to it like a runway, like planes lined up on the runway waiting to take off. That's Broadway. So when one show closes, another one opens. Whether it will run three decades, probably not. But Every producer going in has to think that they've got the next phantom. So time will tell if we see another phantom. Back at the Majestic Theater, crew members like Alan, who've worked on phantom for decades, are getting ready to say goodbye. Is there a line in the in the show? Is there a, a quote that sticks with you or something that you always remember or will remember from the show? Yes, I suppose there is. The expression, on that day, that not-so-distant day, uh, always amuses me. That line comes from one of the first songs of the show, Think of Me. On that day, that not-so-distant day, when you... And I use it often in my life, I don't know. Why? What is it about, about the, that not-too-distant day? <laughs> talking about the future, talking about, you know, what tomorrow is... Uh, what is future going to be for you after the show? Oh, uh, it's time for me to stop doing six days a week 
inside of a theater, try to get my uh, vitamin D levels back to some kind of normal. <laughs> How do you think you're going to feel when you put the lights down for the last time? <laughs> uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I've already sp spilled a lot of tears over the idea. And will you be doing anything special to mark the last show? Oh, well, with this whole building will be marking that last show with a great gala atmosphere, for sure. Uh, I'll have my tuxedo on, and I'll be working this room, that's for sure, because it's going to be all invited audience then. So it's all of us, really. A family? A family, indeed. That's all for today, Friday, April 14th. Additional reporting in this episode from Ben Cohen. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Ryan Knudsen and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show is produced by Annie Baxter, Ariana Bowe, Catherine Brewer, Maria Byrne, Pia Godkari, Rachel Humphreys, Matt Kwong, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, Pierce Singy, Jivaka Verma, Lisa Wang, and Catherine Whalen, with help from Jonathan Sanders. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner, Nathan Singapak, and Peter Leonard. Our theme music is by So Wiley. The theme music in today's episode was remixed by Griffin Tanner. Additional music this week from Catherine Anderson, Marcus Bagala, Peter Leonard, Bobby Lord, Emma Munger, Nathan Singapak, Griffin Tanner, So Wiley, Audio Network, BMG Production Music, Extreme Music, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka, Amelia Schoenbeck, and Sophie Hurwitz. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.